You're listening to episode 18 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up with personal brand and freedom stylist, Elizabeth Hartke. Each week, Elizabeth brings you the tools you need to create a life of true freedom and fulfillment by scaling and monetizing your personal brand. Get clarity, become a leader in your field and make an impact that pays. Grab your favorite healthy smoothie or beer and let's get to the show. There are seriously so many things that differentiate a go-getter from a dreamer, that separates a successful person from a wannabe. But one of the most powerful things in the back pocket of someone who's crushing it in life, it's two little letters, N-O. That's right, gang, no. This concept was so foreign to me. I thought hustle meant saying yes boldly to everything. I thought it meant turning down no opportunities, taking on one thing after the next. And I thought success was found in the yeses. And as a result, I was under earning, I was exhausted, and I was spread insanely thin. And worst of all, I was not working towards my vision for my life. I wasn't checking off my goals and I wasn't working towards my focus goal, whatever that one big thing was that I had set my eyes on. I wasn't working towards it. So what's my point here? If you're feeling totally overwhelmed, like you have all of these things you want to do, you want to accomplish, who you want to become, but it's just not happening, we are going to break the stigma around the word no and start freeing up some time, space, and unlocking potential in your life. So today's episode, we are breaking down what it means when you say yes, identifying the right yeses in your life and finding out how to gracefully, because that's always the tough part, say no. And then we're going to watch the magic happen. Let's do this. Today's episode is sponsored by my seven-day ditch your day job planner. Over the last seven years, I've researched, I've worked alongside some of the best leaders in different industries and learned all about what it takes to create a life of freedom and fulfillment. And I've compiled the knowledge, the experience, the tools, and the how-tos into a seven-day course that is specifically designed for the go-getter who is ready to lay that groundwork for breaking out of their nine-to-five day job and bringing their idea, their passion, their purpose, or their business to life. Whether you haven't even gotten anything off the ground yet or you want to go next level in what you've already created, you will spend seven days with me building out your plan to be able to ultimately ditch your day job. This is the blueprint. I have been there. I was stuck in that cubicle life. I had this aching that I knew I was made for something more and was being called to take some major, major leaps in my life. My only regret was not starting sooner. So I wish so desperately that I had something like this to speed up my process from day one. And I am doing something extra special for my listeners too. You are going to get early VIP access to my seven-day ditch your day job planner. And that means you get it at my limited time VIP pricing too. So you're going to get over 50% off just because you're my people. And I totally want to see you live your dreams. Now on to the show. So first and foremost, we have to learn what it means when we say yes to something. Growing up, there was something surrounding the culture of my family and our actual culture. Growing up really entrenched in the Italian and Arab cultures, we were always giving. We were taught that it was our role from 
when we were old enough to start doing it until the day we died to take care of others. And I was witness to this by every single person, every member of my family, aunt, uncle, my mom, just my grandparents, always giving, always saying yes to any opportunity that they came in contact with to serve somebody else. And it wasn't like a self-serving prophecy. It wasn't like this, oh, I want to do this to make myself feel good, or I want to do this because I want credit. It was truly ingrained in the DNA of who my family is. My mom is a shining example of this to this day. I am so grateful to have her as my role model in the world of generosity and giving and loving and just leading humbly with this compassion for others. But I have seen her give and give and give and give until she almost has nothing left to give. And it's such an admirable quality, but it was kind of what I grew up with. So in my naive young mind as a child, I thought that that was what we always had to do with no exceptions. Like anytime anyone asks of anything of me, I have to say yes, because that's what, that's who I am. That is what is right. And there are so many pieces of that that I do hold true because I do believe in putting others first and leading a selfless life. But I didn't fully understand it. I just thought, always say yes. So this idea of taking on the word no was foreign to me. And I had created that narrative for myself that In order to be a good person, I had to give every ounce that I had to everyone else first. And if I didn't, I was failing. If I didn't, I wasn't being good. And I learned from early in my childhood that I also had to be a people pleaser. And anyone else feel me on this one? Like that disease to please. And not only did I always say yes and try to find a way to fulfill whatever obligation I took on or encountered, I literally didn't know how to say no. It felt like a four-letter word, and I felt like I was doing something wrong if I said no. So not only did I always say yes, I'd say things like maybe or we'll see or sure, I can do that later, and I would either be buried so deep in obligations that I was drowning or I would be ultimately letting that other person or those people down because I just couldn't keep up with it, because I wasn't saying yes to the right things that I actually had the capacity for. And I learned a very hard lesson that when you say yes to something, You are saying no to something else. And then later in adulthood, I read Lisa Turker's book, The Best Yes, and my brain kind of exploded. Here's the subtitle of the book. See if you can relate to this. Are you living with the stress of an overwhelmed schedule and aching with the sadness of an underwhelmed soul? Um, hi, yes, Lisa over here, you wrote this book for me. So here's the thing. If you're listening to this, I think it's safe to assume that in some capacity, you're looking to scale up your life, whether it's in business, parenthood, your finances, your level of health, happiness, whatever it might be. So if that's the case, it's time that we have that honest conversation as to why you might not be where you want to be right now. There was a reason that the second episode of this podcast, like right after I launched it, right after I gave the description of what it was in episode one, episode two is dedicated to talking about casting the vision for your business, your brand, and ultimately your life. Because when you have true clarity in where you really want to go, then you start to get really clear on what 
deserves a yes from you? What deserves to land on your calendar? And what even deserves your thought or your energy throughout each day? And so much of this is rooted, like so many other things, in where you come from. The same way I shared about how my family is, that affected who I became as an adult. But sometimes we take things with us without fully working through them. And we don't take just the good from them. We take just the overall message, like how I thought I had to just say yes to everything. So my childhood kind of conditioned me as an adult to become a people pleaser, to check in along the way to make sure everyone else was good. And before I could make a decision, everyone else had to be good first. And that usually meant saying yes to everybody else, no matter what. And most often, you know, that was taking on more than I could chew. So now as an adult with obligations and goals and dreams and actual people, my family who does depend on me, I have to be able to check myself before I say yes out of that natural pull or inclination that I had to take care of everyone else first. In Lisa's book, she says, we must not confuse the command to love with the disease to please. So be willing to ask yourself, you know, what is it for you that leads you to feel this need to always say yes? So since so many of us are actually derailing ourselves by over-yesing, how can we fix it so that we actually live out our dreams and so that we don't feel guilty or bad when we do have to say no to something? I was working with a client. She was a high-achieving type, a go-getter, and she'd already accomplished so much in her life. She was running a successful, a very successful business, and she felt herself kind of falling into this state of complacency in this stage of her life because she achieved so many things that she hadn't set the new goals for a while, and she was kind of just in autopilot. And she already had the following and the income, the tangible things that she had been aiming at, but she was ready for her next big goal that she could check off her list so she could get back to that place of growth and pushing and stretching. So finally, she put it out into the world. I'm going to finally write that book. It had been on her heart for a long time, and she'd been avoiding it because it was kind of a big, scary dream. But she decided, okay, it's time I'm going to write this book. This means everything to me. This is my focus goal. I'm going to make this happen. And the first thing that we did was an audit of her calendar. I wanted to look at her next month after she had set this goal. And I needed to see what was getting her time and her focus and her energy and her commitment. What was on there specific to her big focus goal? Like what was she putting on her calendar to ensure that this dream of publishing this book was going to come to life? Everyone else and everything else was taking precedence over her focus goal when I looked at her calendar. Not only did she have everything else and everyone else's stuff on her calendar, so-and-so's practice, this one's dance lesson, uh, this meeting, she wasn't carving out specific dedicated time to work on her dream. You guys, your calendar is so telling. It's, it's like a glimpse into what's truly happening in your life and what is yet to come. It's either working for you or it's working against you. And even worse, sometimes people aren't tracking their days. They're not using a calendar and they're living in the active white space of their day. A few minutes of scrolling that isn't tracked is saying yes to a bad habit and saying no to advancement. A little bit of TV during downtime is saying yes to catching up on someone else's fake life while you're saying no to your real one. Assuming you'll work on that goal when you catch a break in your day is saying yes to mediocrity and no to that goal. You have to get intentional. So how do you identify the right 
yeses in your life. That book I talked about, the best yes. How do you figure out what the right yeses actually are? You know, do you just pick and choose? Do you only allow a certain amount of yeses and it doesn't really matter what you're saying yes to? Well, if you're in the first few years of grinding to get a business off the ground, or you're trying to turn your passion into something that pays, you're going to get this. You're going to understand this. I lived it and it's so true. It's so easy to feel like you need to say yes to everything to get to where you want to go. You say yes to every potential client, every opportunity, every speaking gig, every single thing. And there's some level of truth to that because you need to have a lot of irons in the fire when you're first starting out until you figure things out, until you get your groove going. But you also need to protect your time, your energy, and your vision. And if it doesn't align, it needs to be a no. I remember when I first started my business, I literally, if you had a pulse, I would take you on as a client. It didn't matter if you weren't my people, if you drove me crazy, if I knew you were ultimately going to want a refund because this isn't something you needed in the first place. Like you had a pulse, I'd take you on and I'd give you my time. I'd give you my energy. I would just say yes, yes, yes. And I would allot for time to invest in you on my calendar. So that's saying yes to more than just one thing. It's a lot of things because there's a lot that comes with saying yes to one thing usually leads to saying yes to a lot of other things. But if you can learn this early in your business, if you can learn that, yeah, you might not be able to have the luxury of being super selective yet, but you know what your vision is, you know what your focus goal is, you know what your day-to-day or month-to-month goals are, and you know what your priorities in your life are, it's going to make it really clear for you to know what to say yes and what to say no to. And guys, in the beginning, I didn't get this. And then when I finally understood it, what I actually had to do was write, and this is going to sound ridiculous, write on a piece of paper my priorities, so my family, my faith, specific things about advancing my business. I had to write what my focus goal was for that year or the big thing that I was pushing towards. And I had to write my individual, you know, monthly goals on a piece of paper so it was smack in front of my face so that when an opportunity or uh, an ask came in from somebody, I could reference that paper and easily look at it and say, should this be a yes or should this be a no? Because sometimes when you're just going off your gut or just like evaluating the opportunity itself and saying, is this a good opportunity or not? You lean towards saying yes because you say, oh, well, you know, this could work in my favor. But when I had it smack in front of my face in black and white, it was easier for me to make that decision, yes or no. I get a fair amount of brands and companies that reach out wanting to collaborate. And I'm by no means someone who has built their business on influencer opportunities. Like that is not my main source of income. I never want it to be my main source of income. It requires a lot of time. It typically doesn't always align with what you want to do or your vision. And it's not super reliable, but it's kind of nice to work with other brands that are either products or services that I like or that align with my mission or my vision for my life. And sometimes the pay or the reward can be really enticing. So I want to tell you guys about what happened to me not too, too long ago. This watch company that I absolutely love, they reached out. I like their mission. I adore their products. The quality is incredible. They're super high end. It's beautiful craftsmanship of these watches. 
So in my mind, like they aligned with me because I like all the things about them. And I was so pumped when they reached out. It felt like I could, you know, a little ego boost, like, oh, they want to work with me. Like I've been drooling over their stuff forever. So they sent me a watch, one of their premium watches in the mail, an expensive watch, and they were going to pay me. And as soon as I received it, something didn't quite feel right. Now, when I put this thing on my wrist, that felt right. It's gorgeous. And I was so pumped because I'd been looking at these watches for so long. And rightfully so, like so many brands and companies do, they sent me their list of what I would need to do in return for the watch and the payment. Blog posts, how they wanted me to post on social media, what hashtags to use, who I was tagging, how to post my Instagram stories, how often, what emails they wanted me to send out to my list. And I kept trying to get it done over those next few weeks But something about it just didn't mesh with my brand. And it wasn't quite fitting my day-to-day. And it was taking up a lot more of my time and my mental space, which is just as valuable as your physical time that you're working with. And since I'm not an influencer by trade, it was really unnatural for me to all of a sudden start mentioning the same product over and over, even if it was subtle. And it also wasn't natural for me to be taking orders from someone else. Like I was used to building this brand on what I believe and what and my mission and what I was working towards and my tribe and who I was looking to serve. And all of a sudden I had this checklist of things that I had to kind of try and weave into my day to day. But I'd put on this watch and be like, oh, but this watch and the payment and it's great. And I, you know, I'll just make it work. But the fact that it was a watch, you know, it wasn't a book that changed my life, a seminar that helped me grow my business, or a podcast I couldn't get enough of, or some kind of product that transformed my health. It was a watch. And that wasn't my typical messaging. Like a physical product that I just like wasn't usually what I was promoting or talking about. And it felt a lot like a square peg in a round hole. But on paper, it was an excellent opportunity. And I was obsessed with the stupid watch. And they were continually pushing me and my brand out through their channels, their big channels, and it was going to help me grow my brand. And I kept trying to convince myself, okay, this is worth it. Like this, like growth, that's one of my goals. Like I want to grow and they're going to push my, my name and my brand out to people. Like it's worth it, right? But I woke up one day already stressing before I even like let my feet hit the floor about how I was going to fit the watch into that day's marketing. And I knew I had to do something different. So I boxed up the watch with a check inside for what they had already paid me, and I mailed it back. And I called the brand manager. I didn't want to just send an email. I called the brand manager, and I thanked him so much for the opportunity, and I told him I loved his brand and their products, and I would always speak highly of their products if they came up, but I told him that I never should have said yes in the first place. It was an excellent opportunity, but it didn't align with me and my greater mission. And after that phone call... I felt like the weight of the world lifted off my shoulders. It almost felt like my calendar opened up and I had all this free time because I wasn't going to spend time thinking or stressing about this thing. And when I told some of my friends who were really successful in the influencer space, they thought I was crazy because of what the opportunity was on paper. But I had such peace over it. And in the past, I would have let their opinion sway me or I would have kept trying to push this out you know, based on that list of what they were trying to get me to do as a company. But this time, 
because I had such clarity. I knew what my list of priorities were. I knew what my big focus goals were. I knew what my week to week or month to month goals were. I knew I did the right thing and I should have done it in the first place. I should have said no. Protect your yeses. They are limited. And no, when you need to recalibrate, that's okay. It's okay to say no after you said yes. Although, as Lisa, the author of Best Yes, reminds us, it's easier to say a small no than a big one. Meaning that saying no from the get-go because you're clear on your priorities is a hell of a lot easier than saying yes and then having to say no once you realize it's too much or it's not the right thing. And a very good, simple question that I've put into practice and I've started asking myself anytime an opportunity or an ask is presented, whether it's dinner with friends or a speaking gig or anything in between, does this align with my priorities or does it help me advance closer to my goals? If your goal is to be a more present mother and you get the chance to volunteer at your kid's school, awesome. It sounds like an opportunity that aligns with your priorities. But if your goal is to finish that book and the homeroom mom slot opens up for you, maybe this just isn't the best time to take it. You know, when I get asked to go to dinner with my friends, and one of my main priorities is to open my heart to friendship and and build that connection, it's okay to say yes to it. It's not working against me. But sometimes we fall into the trap of saying yes because we feel obligated to, or we feel trapped, or we feel like, oh, we should just say yes, or saying yes means that I'm being a good person. You really have to know what you want, which leads us perfectly into the next and final point. How do you gracefully say no? This was like, I couldn't understand that part. Like I could grasp the concept of, okay, you can't say yes to everything. So does that mean that I can just like kind of ignore or avoid all these asks or opportunities so that I don't actually have to say no to them because it felt wrong to say no. It felt like I was being a jerk. If someone asked something of me and I was like, no, sorry, it's not going to work. I had to do a lot of growing to get to a place where I could understand that it is possible and it is beneficial for both me and the other party involved for me to say no gracefully. So I teach this in more depth in my seven-day ditch-your-day-job planner. The concept of the role creep. I'm going to explain it to you. We see it all the time where we take on all these roles because we feel like we have to or like it's beneficial or it's necessary. And by the end of it, we have all these different things that are our responsibility. We are our house cleaner. We are our own cook. We are also in charge of carpool. We are also on the PTA and... We are volunteering at the local animal shelter, and the list goes on. And every single thing that we do, that is a role in our lives. And slowly but surely, new roles start to creep in. That's the role creep. It goes right back along with what I was talking about before. I want to rewind back to when I was telling you about that client I was working with whose number one goal was to write and finish and publish that book. She wanted to make her impact on the world through this book. Remember how we dissected her calendar and audited her life? Here's what I found just in the first month of her upcoming month on her calendar. She was the coach of her kid's soccer team, president of the PTA, on the pastoral council at her church. She led carpool 
four days a week out of five. She was taking classes to get cycling instructor certified. She took yoga class out of the home four days a week. She was taking an online course on how to market your book. Three-day seminar on public speaking fell somewhere in that month's time. She was running her own Instagram and Facebook ads. And none of this includes all of the other things that don't really end up on your calendar, but you do because you have to do them, like take care of your children and take care of your house and, you know, all the things that kind of creep in that we don't necessarily write down on a piece of paper saying we have to do this at this time. That's in one month. So what's my point? She allowed roll creep to happen. Little by little, she was taking on more and more things until she had taken on too much and she couldn't dedicate herself to that vision she had for her life. Does that mean it's not important to be involved in her kid's school? Of course, that's not what I'm saying. But did she have to be the head of PTA at the same time she was trying to publish her book? Knowing and evaluating your roles so that you know what to say no to, what is non-negotiable, so you're definitely saying yes to it. And what can be outsourced is so incredibly important. And remembering that there are seasons to life. It doesn't mean she's a bad mom and that she'll never be head of PTA. But today is not that day. And people might judge her or question her for it, but she has to be secure enough and committed enough to herself and her vision that it doesn't matter what people think because it's not their goal. They aren't writing and publishing the book. They aren't caring for her children. So coaching her kid's soccer team, to her, that was non-negotiable. That was a promise she had made to her her child and her children are on her top list of priorities. So she knew that was a solid yes. It was an easy yes for her. But running her own social media ads, that's something that she could easily take off her plate by outsourcing it. Cycling certification, that sounds pretty awesome. Something really fun. Something she's always wanted to do. But does it align with her current priorities or help her move the needle towards her current focus goal? No. So it's a no. And you would think that taking an online course on how to market your book, that I would be all about that because she's about to write a book. No, she hasn't written the book yet. She doesn't have anything to market. It's not appropriate for her calendar right now. So it's a no. When you have standards and clarity, the choices get so much easier for you. Living in this space of clarity, your life is more free. You stop living in the danger zone of always saying yes, or sometimes even worse, saying maybe, and you learn how to gracefully say no. This clarity saves you stress, time, and from falling into the trap of analysis paralysis where you kind of say yes, you kind of say no, you don't really know what you're going to say, you say maybe, and you just like live in the space where you don't even know what you're committed to. So how do you say no gracefully? Let's take the PTA as the example. I'd love to help with PTA because being part of the kids' school and helping to make it better is so important to me. But it doesn't fit my current schedule since I'm focused on quality time with the kids after school and finishing this book I'm writing. But I'll be sure to reach out when my book is complete to see if you're still looking for help. Thanks for thinking of me. It's concrete because you're not saying maybe, you're not saying, you know, in a little bit, or I'll check back in with you or leaving them hanging. You're saying no, but you're thanking them for the opportunity. You're sharing why you're grateful that they brought it up to you, but you're also sharing why it doesn't currently fit what 
you're doing in your life. And guys, this was another tough thing. I thought for a while there, when I understood that saying yes to everything was not going to work for me anymore, that I could live in kind of that gray zone of like delaying things or just not answering or, or giving a lot of maybes. Delaying maybes, yeses that ultimately have to be turned into nos, make it harder on us. And it's not fair to the people who are asking. Maybe gets their hopes up. Delaying leaves them less time to make other plans. Yes, and then realizing that we bit off more than we can chew will either spread us so thin that we don't do a good job in the first place, or it forces us to back out so ultimately they end up in a lurch. You are one person with one life. And yes, you are called to be selfless and generous. The same way I still to this day am witness to that in my family and so grateful for that example. And I try and tie that into my life. But that does not mean saying yes to everything. If I said yes to everyone and everything, I couldn't be there for my kids the way they need me. I couldn't be by my husband's side. I couldn't be here running this podcast and pouring my heart into our tribe of people who I love and believe in and want to help them scale up in their lives. I couldn't run the business that supports my family and allows us to live out our dreams. I couldn't volunteer at my church and try and give back to my community. It means being clear on your priorities and being aligned with your goals and being honest with yourself and the people who are asking something of you. This episode was short and sweet because I just, I wanted you to just kind of be shaken up a little bit and maybe realize that you might be living in that space that I was in for a long time. And that, by the way, I still struggle with day to day. Like it's still my natural inclination to say yes, but maybe it's time to start realigning your vision for your life your vision for that business that you're growing and scaling, your family, your priorities, and just looking at the big picture and saying, what do I really want? And what is required of me to get there? There are going to be so many opportunities that come your way, some really good ones, some really nice watches, potentially. You need to know when it's the right time to say yes and when to gracefully say no. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies, freebies for my homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.